welcome to a very special emergency episode of Shortbox Summary. I'm your host, George, and there was some news today all about the new Spider-Man book that is coming out later this month. So, of course, you know, I had to talk to my buddy Carlos about it, but we also got in another special guest first time on Shortbox Summer. We got Garrett coming in. Garrett and Carlos, again, two people I met through comic book spaces, incredibly smart people who just love reading this shit, love talking about this shit in just fun ways, supportive ways that just isn't immediately, I hate this book, let me get my pitchfork, which uh, seems hard to do and uh, seems especially hard to do today. And uh, I'm actually not saying that the people who are grabbing their pitchforks are wrong, but let, let's let's jump into it. Uh, first off, Carlos, how you doing, man? Welcome back to the show. You got a haircut. You're looking fresh as hell. H- how you doing? Thank you. Um, I'm I'm feeling good. I'm doing good. I'm excited as always. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, not to get into the topic too much, but uh, definitely a big one. Definitely a big one. And Garrett, welcome to Shortbox Summary, man. I'm so glad you were able to uh, to make it tonight. Hey, thanks. Absolutely. I feel honored, uh, especially to have, I mean, not back to back, but Carlos and I actually got to see each other in real life, grabbed a couple beers um, on Sunday, grabbed some fish tacos as well. So now we're doing a podcast together. This is great. Hell yeah. I'm glad you two liked each other enough to uh, come back and have another friendly discussion about shit. (laughs) That's great to hear. Oh, yeah. All right. So I don't talk about current comic books very often on this show. I think it's interesting to talk about current comics, but also I prefer having a little distance from the source material just so we can like really evaluate how we feel about it. I think it's a bit more objective, the more distance there is, which is why I love talking about shit that came out 15, 20 years ago. You know, you can really analyze it, I think, fairly or at least more fairly than you can modern stuff. But we're not doing that today. Today, we're talking about the bombshell announcement about Amazing Spider-Man 26. This is going to be a spoiler podcast talking about spoilers and leaks and a a press release that came out from Marvel and a a follow-up article from Entertainment Weekly, some exclusives. So if you are reading the current Spider-Man book, um, don't don't listen to this. Listen to this later. Listen to this um, after you finish reading Amazing Spider-Man issue 26, which comes out May 31st, Carlos. Cool, cool. So two or... Yeah, I'm going to put this out on Wednesday. So two Wednesdays for one Wednesday after this comes out, you can listen to it then if you don't want any spoilers. Uh, but we're going to jump into spoiler territory. We're going to we're going to do it now. So no spoilers. This is your last warning. And we're spoiling. Uh, Kamala Khan is dying. In Amazing Spider-Man issue 26. There's smoke in that Kamala pack for real. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little weird. We got to talk about how weird it is first. But before we even do that, let's talk about this amazing Spider-Man run by Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. predominantly. Also a little bit of uh, love from uh, Joe Kelly and Terry Dodson, right? And Michael Dowling and Ryan Stegman and Nick Dragota and Patrick Gleason and Marcos Martin and Dan Slott have all been in all the issues i believe that's why you're here carlos you're the fucking you're you're the spider man that's that's where it is thank you so much for that and don't don't forget to credit um marcio meniz i don't know if i pronounced that right but his colors have been really great also while we're here shouts out to ditko thanks buddy oh of course ditko little little little, 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 little,
Comic-Con is dying in issue 26. Let's talk about the run a little bit right now. This has been a pretty contentious run, which doesn't seem that weird to say for a Spider-Man book. I feel like that word is thrown around a lot with every new volume that we get of Amazing Spider-Man. I think that's fair to say. Garrett, thoughts on, on that, at least? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because I remember during the Spencer run, there was a lot of stuff I really liked. I thought it was a incredibly strong start then during last remains it started to fade a bit for me and uh obviously that's when i kind of first started to understand how editorial could be meddling things and you know there was a story that kind of came out around nick spencer wanting to undo some things and that being kind of shut down so we had to get around it so i was really excited for the new creative team so when zeb wells and john ramita jr stepped up um, it was incredibly exciting for me, and I really enjoyed the the first volume, uh, the Tombstone arc. I thought it was very strong. The action was really dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting how going from people starting to get a little bit bored and, and frustrated with the Spencer arc to kind of being revisionists now because there are certain changes or, or things that are impacting the story that they don't like. And I think that's a little bit frustrating too, because to be totally honest, I haven't truly like loved a Spider-Man run since lots. So it's interesting kind of looking at it from that perspective. And and again, to to your credit and to your point from in what your podcast episodes are usually about, is that like because I have the nostalgia glasses on, or you know, is it really that great so i think i think that's something that i look at it's just the the constant shift and kind of moving the goalposts with okay what makes you know a spider-man run great and and what makes it you know kind of lackluster well i can confirm the slot run is great (laughs) (laughs) no nostalgia goggles there it's the goat So this amazing Spider-Man volume opens with like a page of Peter in like the middle of a field and sorry, in a crater in the middle of a field and just him screaming bloody murder. Right. And then all of a sudden next page, six months later, and then we get into like this really viscerally borderline graphically violent tombstone arc, right. Where Peter like gets the shit kicked out of him in ways you don't really see him get knocked around that much then when you do you're like oh fuck it's gonna be one of those stories (laughs) you know um and then from there uh we we get little snippets of what happened to peter right because of the time jump and why no one really seems to like peter right now and uh all this has been coming to a head especially in recent issues as uh zeb wells and john armita jr have been sort of like filling in the the gaps of of what actually happened and so we learned that um at some point, I gotta be honest, I don't I don't know the continuity extremely well. So Carlos is here to correct me and keep me honest. At some point, Peter and MJ got pulled into like a, a pocket dimension after fighting some god that was alluded to in a previous Spider-Man run that Zeb Wells did during Brand New Day, correct? Okay, you're not like totally off, but... Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm the 2000s guy. I'm not the 2023s guy, so... <laughs> Well, hey, hey, Brand New Day was technically in the late 2000s. Well, hey, we haven't gotten there in the fucking podcast yet, so (laughs) I haven't read it since sophomore year. Give me some credit. No, no, no. Um, But yeah, so Brand New Day era, we meet this villain named Wyep and this dude named Raven, and 
they're bad, they're scary, they really like math, they're into like using symbols to, you know, conjure gods and do magic and stuff. And this guy like tattoos himself with a bunch of symbols in order to like become this scary god. I don't know. It's a cool little like two-parter or three-parter back in Brand New Day. Anyway, 10 years later, over a decade later, where we do this like beyond story in Amazing Spider-Man and it ends with Peter and MJ about to move in together when suddenly something appears in their window and then the Amazing Spider-Man run started. We get him screaming, ah, six months later, everything's okay. changed. Um, and we've gotten little clues and tidbits ever since. But finally, starting with issue 21, it's been all fully revealed. And now we're approaching issue 26, where we're back to the present day now. All our questions have been answered, supposedly. And... Uh, and yeah, I guess Kamala Khan is going to die. Okay, but like you glossed over a few things there. So I did. Okay, so Peter and MJ got pulled into like this, I'm going to say alternate dimension for lack of a better phrase, right? And they're fighting uh, Wyatt, who is trying to bring about the rebirth of his god. Is Wyatt is the god. Ray- Raven is the mathematician okay. gentleman. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you. Trying to bring him back. And then... Um, they need Peter, right? Like they need Peter to complete this this ritual that will bring back the god. So MJ realizing this sends Peter back to Earth, our our Earth, like the 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 main Earth from the comics. And then Peter is freaking the fuck out, trying to get back to MJ. And so he burns every bridge he has, trying to get the materials needed to get back to MJ. And it turns out time moves differently where MJ is than where Peter is. So Peter's desperately trying i think it's days that he's been trying to do this right yeah, yeah. 48 days, hours. days 48 pass hours. for sure maybe okay. more than that but it's been yeah. four years for mj in this other pocket world that she's in and um everyone is pissed at peter for acting irrationally he breaks into like the fantastic four baxter building trying to steal materials that will help him get back there uh captain america and him fucking duke it out for whatever reason because they're just like peter we need you to answer some questions and peter's like dude i don't have time like i need to do this right now because peter knows that time moves fast but he doesn't know how much faster it moves there so like i said burns all these bridges finally manages to get back and then finds i cannot remember the guy's name i'm sorry because he's paul he's so hot He's so hot when Dragota draws him, and then so not hot when, when John Romita Jr. draws him. Oh, Carrie John Andrews. John Romita Jr. probably hates him. <laughs> no, Romita and, Romita and Zeb, I mean, as far as we know, Lo, Romita, and Zeb all get along pretty good, and they all mm-hmm. came up with this together. Um, that's what they've said, that they're like a, you know, it seems to me that that they're a pretty like tight-knit like little unit on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, that's just me being a shill, believing everything they tell me right. and being way too optimistic sometimes. This is the, the ever-present spider optimist. Yeah. So four years have passed. MJ is now romantically with Paul and they find two little kids that, um, have red hair or at least one of them has red hair and, uh, they're. They ostensibly like adopted these kids who were like out in this wasteland wilderness out in this little pocket dimension. And so Peter comes back and is just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what happened? He thinks, 
He thinks the two of them had kids together. They didn't. They were just like uh, adopted signs out in the world. They did the right thing. Um, and then, so like all this happened, all this was revealed. People were so mad at this Spider-Man run before just because they're like, why can't Peter just talk to these people? Why can't Peter just explain to his friends what's going on? It's like, well, one, he doesn't have time. Two, that's kind of where the drama comes from in, in this arc. In also, this run, if it's so like, far. as you know, like, if you read comics, you'd be surprised how little other superheroes, like, help out other superheroes. <laughs> like, especially in a, I, especially in a, a title book, right? Yeah, like, Reed's saying no, like, nine times out of ten, he's saying no to, to the request. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, that was my read on the situation. I'm like, Peter doesn't have time to fucking listen to their um like politics around like why he shouldn't be should or should not be using like the fusion reactor and, and, and things of like that nature so i don't know i i actually really like that those are some of the issues that i actually felt like excited to read after like him being like i don't have time for your politics and your bullshit like oh steve the government the government wants to know what's what's happening like i i don't care like we can we can deal with this later and and steve even he even like recognizes it to a point up until kind of the more most recent issue he like empathizes with peter mm. so it, it is interesting i i really don't think that's too much out of character like it's a fairly desperate situation that's not the easiest to explain it's it's a little tough only because of one issue i can remember off the top of my head were you guys reading the kelly thompson lee garbett captain marvel run where she went evil for a bit no i haven't read that Um, run though man there's there's one amazing issue i'm sorry this is slight spoilers where she's basically collecting avengers on behalf of someone who's put like a cosmic gun to her head basically and so she's taken out everyone she saved captain america for last and he's just like, are, are you telling me this is how it has to be? And she's like, yeah, Steve, this is exactly how it has to be. And then he just drops his shield and he's like, okay, I trust you. Like, if you're telling me that this is the only play, then this is the only play. Make it look good, you know? And then she just kicks the shit out of him and she saves the day because she's Carol Danvers and she's amazing. And that's a really good arc that I cannot recommend enough. But like, man, that issue of just like the implicit trust between characters and then having that. I agree. I think this run has been super fun so far just because it's something different. I get shit on in a lot of spaces I go into where like I defend this run. And uh, so far, I have no problem defending it because like Peter having nowhere else to go in the Marvel Universe, I think makes the fact that like Norman is trying to be good that much more interesting. The fact that like they're actually getting along and like the one person who's trusting Peter implicitly is Norman Osborn of all people. Like, I think that is fascinating. I think that's really fun. And just like, I I can feel Peter squirm as I like read the pages, you know, like I'm really enjoying that personally. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that's, I think that's where it stops. (laughs) Sorry. go. Yeah. Sorry. Go for it. No, I was just going to say it takes something that's felt kind of stale and weird from the Spencer run, which is, you know, Sin Eater blasting Norman point blank and absolving him of his like sins and demons. And now he has to face guilt for the first time and all the emotions that come with no longer being like, or having that, you know, goblin persona hanging over him. Um, And it allows him to grow as a character in which he hasn't done before. So I agree with you. I think that concept is really fun and 
I'm glad that Cantwell's had like, you know, five issues and gold goblin to explore mm-hmm. that as well. Man, that gold goblin mini was really fun. I really liked it. I didn't know. I didn't like that. It was like a closet dark web tie-in, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I thought it was going to be like more of its own thing. And like, I don't even specifically have a problem with dark web because I think the black cat Mary Jane mini was excellent. I like Hallow's Eve a lot. I'm enjoying that mini. That's spot Dude, I out thought of Dark Web. Is Dark good, Web, honestly, like I, did, I was I not too. reading it until it was on Marvel Unlimited, and like I uh, read a bit of Inferno prior to reading Dark Web, and I thought it was super interesting. Like pretty much how they're doing to Ben what they did to Maddie uh, back in the day by like mm-hmm. benching her. Yeah. and bringing Jean back. And so it's interesting to like give Maddie agency now to bench Ben in a time where it's like, hey, like, you know, it's not the right time for you. But maybe they'll be able to give him his redemption as they've given Maddie since those two characters are pretty similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens there. All right. But everything we've discussed so far was just like general complaints people have had against the the run to date, right? Like it was that, and then it was that one two parter with Joe Kelly and and Terry Dodson where they go on like a ski trip or whatever, and then Peter is like trying to explain to Black Cat like, oh, MJ, I, th- I see her more as like a sister now, and she's like, nope, try that again. You know, like I thought that was a funny moment, but people seem to like really fucking be offended by that, <laughs> just just like the notion of him trying to save his current relationship again i don't think it's perfect but like i wasn't picking up pitchforks people no, are pitching up like have you ever been like have you ever had to like tell a girl that you're like not into your ex anymore like it's sometimes difficult to find the words like, yeah. it's almost just like hey guys you're telling on yourself that you don't talk to women very often because like this is a very real conversation that like has to happen sometimes especially for like uh, somebody you like deeply loved, like Peter did MJ. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the the times those relationships don't work out, it's because oh man, yeah, because you're still into your ex. Uh, and I I don't think Peter's going to end up with Black Cat forever. So like, go figure. You know, like oh, that's a tough conversation. We'll see what, what comes of it. Uh, that was what everyone was complaining about this run before, but then the news broke of Kamala Khan dying in Amazing Spider-Man 26, and I feel like that's what people are upset about now, and I'm torn on this, because on one hand, I'm like, no, let them finish their story. You don't know how awesome this could be yet. I think the story still has a lot of potential. I don't think it's fair to shit on a creator before they get a chance to to tell their story, right? On the other hand, there's a bunch of fans angry for a whole bunch of valid reasons there's a bunch of quote-unquote fans who are comics gay people who are happy for all the wrong reasons and fuck those people into the sun comics gate is a hate group i i don't want anything that makes them happy ever um i would also like to go on the record and say fuck comics <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah i'm on the record too yeah Two middle fingers fuck them. yeah they're all bad people and um t- I, they don't deserve to be happy with any of these books ever. And I hate that they're happy because of this. And I hate that people who are well-meaning are sad because of this. I, I, that, that part's not right, but I'm also going to say, hold on, let them tell the story. And if they fuck up the story, please, by all means, be upset with the creators at that point, be upset with Nick Lowe, the, the editor of the book, be upset with Zed Wells, the writer, John Romita Jr., who I think is the artist for Amazing Spider-Man 26, right? According to those yeah. preview pages, like be upset then. Don't be upset before 
Oh, maybe, totally. Maybe. Imagine how maybe. sweet and righteous it'll feel to be a to like actually be able to be upset if they really do fumble it and fuck it up that much. You know what I mean? Like I'm like holding like either way, it's like I either get to be justified and pissed mm-hmm. because I've been supporting this for the whole time, or it turns out to be good and I really enjoy it. And then it's like, okay, cool. At, you know, we move and Gleason's back and it's a fire craven arc. Carlos, you got something? Okay, you guys can be upset, but also maybe don't harass people. Maybe. Oh no, never, no, ne- never. <laughs> no. That, that, that 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 should be a given. Don't these these people are one? They're fictional characters. I understand you really like them. Like I, I'm not trying to dismiss how they've made you feel, how important they've been in your life. I get that. I I too have like really clung on to fiction, especially like in dark times, and extremely love them in in good times too. You know, I'm glad they were there for me for the highs and the lows. That does not excuse any behavior of sending death threats or th- any kind of threats to these people who are honestly just doing their best to tell stories that haven't been told before. And uh, this story has not been told before. And so I am holding out hope that it is a good story, that it is a worthwhile story, that Kamala meets like a heroic end where we get to see how amazing her character is. And then when she comes back, because she's fucking going to come back, Probably August, September. Do you guys think she comes out the month of her movie or the month before, two months before? What do you think? I would say November earliest. Oh, you think so? You think it's going to be after the movie? Well, I think the movie comes out in November. Oh, did it get delayed? I thought it was a, I thought it was an October movie. Well, originally it was like a July movie, but okay, now, it's, okay. now it's like a November movie. Yeah. So that I, makes, I would yeah, say... they, they launched Fantastic Four in December last year. So yeah, they, they seem to like launching big books. Yeah, I, I would say November earliest for Kamala's return. Um, I think that would be a good timing too, because that would give you like enough time to mourn probably and then mm-hmm. enough time to miss her. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be good, yeah. So to tie this back to mid-2000s comics, man, I was there. I was reading Wizard. I was going to the shop every week. People were so fucking mad when Bucky came back. People were so fucking mad when Jason Todd came back. People were so mad when Mephisto stepped in and dissolved Peter and MJ's marriage just to save, like, respectfully, a 10,000-year-old Aunt May. Like, I I was <laughs> there. I've been there. I was there for Superior Spider-Man. Like, I was, I was there. I was there for Silk, and people were oddly upset about Silk, thinking that ruined the Peter Parker canon by having the spider bite someone. I, I remember there. hearing about that. It I was, was there, awful. I was there for all the shit, man. And guess what? Nothing moves faster in pop culture than the speed of comics. <laughs> like, it, it just doesn't, man. Like, people sing different tunes. All of a sudden, uh, oh, shit, Death of Captain America and uh, Bucky Cap, one of the best runs of all time. Oh, shit, Under the Red Hood, one of my favorite Batman stories of all time. Everyone just changed their tune so quickly once these books came out, once they saw the story that justified these big decisions that they couldn't have possibly agreed with at the beginning, at the onset, all of a sudden they just changed every every thought they had. And so I'm not saying that this story is going to be as heralded as the death and return of Captain America. I'm not saying it's going to be as big and explosive as as Under the Red Hood and, and that Batman annual 26, I think, where Jason Todd, like where it's actually explained because the logic of Jason Todd coming back is fucking stupid still all these years later, respectfully. Really glad he's here, but whew, not... Not great. It's great if you love comics, and I do. 
but man, it's really hard to like explain that with a straight face to someone. Oh, Superboy was punching the walls of reality and the reverberations caused Jason Todd to get it's like I I I can't explain that to someone with a straight face. I have to laugh and smile because that's the cool thing about comics. I'm not saying the story is going to be those, but I am saying give this story a chance. I respect that. I respect that. I agree for sure. I mean, you listed Superior Spider-Man as an example, and that's one that I lived through. And I think Superior Spider-Man is one of the best sagas, eras, series, stories to ever be told in Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. um, and I was there when people were freaking out and thinking it was the most disrespectful, crazy, stupid idea to kill Peter Parker in his 700th issue. How right. disrespectful could you possibly get? And he goes out in Dr. Octopus's body. You're just bullying him at that point. How horrible could you possibly be? Oh, wait, 33 issues later, please keep Doc Ock in Spider-Man's <laughs> body. He's so good. Oh, no. I kind of don't want Peter back anymore anyway. Um, <laughs> so I was there for that. So I feel like after that, nothing else matters. You know, I think, you know, Dan Slott did a thread about it today because, I mean, obviously he's always, you know, paying attention to the controversies. And, you know, he brought up his story about like how people were really against Hydra Cap and et cetera as well and how these things go over over time and you just got to wait till like the full picture is there mm -hmm. um and i think in this case it's also like it's not even about like waiting for the full picture it's not even about waiting for the full issue like this is a leak like two weeks in advance you know dude it's a leak it's really shitty quality phone shots like it looks like someone did, like took a, a photo on like a flip phone of the pages and leaked those well, well, now they've released the pages officially. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they had to. They had to. Good for them. They had to. Yeah. Well, here's here's what I think too. Like it's issue twenty six mm -hmm. of a run that, uh, in large part, was you know had an event tied to it. I mean, even some of the hobgoblin issues. Like if you look at the hobgoblin arc. Uh, that is essentially just setting up dark web. Like Carlos and I have talked about this before. Like if you look at like the core story that's being told, there aren't like a ton of, of issues with, you know, Paul, MJ, Peter, and just what's going on there. So like, you know, for layman's terms, like let him cook, like let the guy cook. There's not that many <laughs> issues and this is long form narrative. Mm -hmm. so i mean you know to wrap it up succinctly like i agree with you guys like we need to wait to see you know what happens essentially and, and then make you know judgments from there yeah but yeah um but talking about some of those judgments i just want to say like <laughs> oh sorry excuse me just wanted to say sorry i had to cough it's but okay. um <laughs> um i will say though uh to the side of the detractors and whatnots um, I think Spider-Man comics in particular have a very, um, damning history of fridging female characters. I mean, how many iconic storylines in Spider-Man revolve around a woman dying, the death of Jean Dewolf, the death of Jen of Gwen Stacy, the death of Marla Jameson, death of Silver Sable. We've had fake out deaths for Black Cat as well. Also, how many, how many times has Aunt May died? Right? How many times has Aunt May died? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh you know in general i think the people working on spider-man stuff need to maybe take a look at the history and say hey 
maybe let's stop killing our female characters all the time. Maybe it's not in the best of tastes. Uh, I will say that. I feel comfortable saying that. I'm a big Spider-Man fan, and all of those stories I listed, I love them. But Mm -hmm. come on, guys. I can see how that could be a little problematic. Um, And then on top of that, I think one thing that sets this apart from other examples is that Kamala Khan isn't really a member of the spider cast. I mean, I know she is now currently in this run, but, but like, she's not aunt May, you know, she's not Mary Jane. She's not Gwen Stacy. She's not like a character created for the Spider-Man title. Uh, This is a solo like titular hero, uh, like a flagship Marvel character that's dying in someone else's book, which is pretty unheard of, like outside of events or team books, right? Like that's pretty bananas. Um, So this has, I think part of why this controversy has been so big is because it's not just the people that are reading Spider-Man and not reading Spider-Man reacting to it. It's also the people that are interested in Miss Marvel or read, you know, Miss Marvel books or, you know, et cetera. It's, 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 it's attracting people from other sides of the Marvel universe. Now it's not just affecting the Spider-Man corner of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see how that uh, compiled with maybe like a little problematic nature of Spider-Man constantly killing off female characters. Yes. Yeah. I, I think those two things combined, I think are, are, are valid concerns, but on the other hand, on the other hand, you know, I kind of think it's interesting that we're killing off a flagship character in another character's book, just because I ha- I can't really think of any other examples. It kind of makes I, me want. I can't really either. And like you, you and I talked about this in a space earlier. I, I don't know if you were there for it, but you, you brought up like a, a very similar point where it's like, for all intents and purposes, Comic-Con is spider-man for the 21st century right where like the amount of popularity for a teenage character who's incredibly smart incredibly gifted and just young and charming and just so relatable to like the next generation of readers like she is spider-man right for uh, everything people love about her is what people loved about spider-man in the 60s i guess is what i'm trying to say and so thematically she is spider-man i agree that like she just hasn't had such like a prominent role whatsoever like i think she had a dark web two issue tie-in i think that's like honestly the most screen time we've gotten with her recently yeah um well she's appeared in this current arc i think uh panels two, right two like, times yeah panel. I, I think like, i think pages i think she's had okay. like a couple pages in this in this arc um yeah she's also in gold goblin yeah so she's mm-hmm. been a part of this era, but definitely a, like a more of like a background role, like not super prominent. But I, I'm starting to think that was on purpose just to throw us off the scent, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to the Peter Parker comparison, because I think that's a that's a an, that's a part of why I'm like more on the positive side of things and more like interested in all of this, because ever since she was introduced as a part of this era in Amazing Spider-Man 7, I was like, oh, hey. I love that Kamala is here because to me, like you said, she is this generation's Peter Parker in in the sense that like, she reminds me a lot of those like Ditko days, even like if you look at her like original, like her first few runs, like they're so like indie and different and uh, soapy and like contemporary. And I just, I think that really captures the spirit of like what those 
early Ditko Amazing Spider-Man uh, stories were like, you know? Yeah. Um, even down to like, I think there's like, like uh, a couple panels in her early runs since her powers are all like, you know, she can get big and small and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, there, When I was reading those for the first time, there were some panels that reminded me of like how Ditko would sometimes do like really big images of Spider-Man behind Peter Parker. Like I, I like in my brain, I would like relate those two because I just, I just feel like the similarities between the characters are so strong. Um, so I, I've always felt like there could be something to explore with those similarities between Kamala and Peter in the comics. And I feel like we haven't really delved into it yet, but maybe this could be the start of that. Maybe her death can symbolize something for him, like the death of his younger self in a way. I don't know. Cause obviously Peter currently feels very jaded and it almost feels like he's lost his way maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I'm wondering like maybe seeing like this younger, naive, like quote unquote, better version of himself, like pass Die heroically. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe that can, because he couldn't yeah. be that hero. It's like, do you guys yeah. grow up? Yeah, like maybe that can that can trigger something in it. I so I am interested in seeing how he develops after this fridging. <laughs> so yeah, okay, fridging. But, you know. Okay, I want it really quick, and then when I pass it to Garrett, I just want to explain fridging really quickly to people because I don't know if anyone knows this verb we're using. So in like the 1990 Green Lantern comic, I think around like issue 50 or whatever, they were like transitioning from Hal Jordan, who had snapped and kind of lost his rocker a little bit. Uh, to Kyle Rayner and Kyle Rayner got like the Green Lantern ring all of a sudden there was like a re like a in-series reboot where they were starting with a new character and he had a girlfriend named Alexandra DeWitt who was like this super fun vivacious brand new character she seemed really exciting kind of like a modern Lois Lane mixed with Jimmy Olsen all this shit and uh, it seemed like a really cool exciting time like Kyle Lantern just became a, a or sorry Kyle Gardner just became a Green Lantern and he's got this cool girlfriend. And then all of a sudden the government found out about it and sent this character named Major Force after him. And Kyle comes home one day. And man, his girlfriend is folded like fucking origami and left in a fridge. And so the term fridging comes from using deaths and pain and trauma of female characters purely as motivation for male characters, right? that's correct okay that that's the phrase as as we're using it today because that, that's how it was when i first heard the phrase back in the early 2000s that's actually like gail simone had like a blog called women in fridge <laughs> women in fridges yeah and that yeah, was how she got picked up by dc which is pretty fucking awesome shout out gail yeah. simone yeah shout she's out a, gail simone god she's so good um she's a bear <laughs> she, she is a bear she's a fucking kodiak she's a polar she's every bear <laughs> Shout out Octate. If you <laughs> if you know, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's that's where the turn comes from. And I'm still not a hundred percent convinced this is a a fridging, but like again, we need to see issue 26. But like I, I guess it has to be because there's no way Peter isn't moved by this death of this main character. Not I not mean, a main character in his book, but like a prominent Marvel character that happens in his book of all places. Well, did you right? see that cover? Death of a friend. It's like Peter, like in turmoil. Like I fallen mean, friend. covers fallen friend. Oh, right? Fallen friend. Excuse me. Excuse me. Um, but Big it's nerd. like in turmoil, like grabbing his yeah, grabbing his hands or grabbing his head, and mm-hmm. like everybody looking disappointed in him um but covers are misleading so you know i mean i don't see how this doesn't affect peter and cause him to you know develop i guess 
Um, in fact, like, I mean, even before today, we knew that there would be a death in 26. We mm. knew that it would affect Peter going forward. It's on the solicits for like every upcoming issue that like Peter is still reeling from the death of blank. In, Redacted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In 26. So we've all been trying to guess like who's going to die. And everything about this arc has been telling us, oh, my God, it's totally going to be MJ. It's totally going to be MJ. Yeah. She's, she's going to hit jackpot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so like we knew something was coming. They promised that it would be shocking. And I have to say, I think everybody is indeed shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah. But I do think it's still a fridging, though. I think it still sure. qualifies as fridging. I think mm-hmm. that's still admittedly kind of problematic. Yes. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Again, at the oh. risk of sounding problematic myself, I'm still optimistic. I don't know. The interior pages, I think, look really good and uh yeah yeah mm-hmm. i don't know also like it it does suck that like this is a brown woman this is a woman of a faith that's not really represented in marvel comics so the fact that she doesn't even have like the dignity to die in her own book which she doesn't have right now like not even a team book like those are valid concerns i'm not here to like tell people who have like good faith arguments about why this is a bad and why this is problematic like those people are right to feel that way it's the people we're making the, the bad faith arguments ab- about this story that like, you know, aren't arguing for the character of Kamala Khan. Those are the people that I'm taking on bridge with, you know, turns out I don't like bad faith actors. I don't like bad actors. That's, that's fair. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm a fan of Kamala Khan and I honestly, I mean, I'm not Brown myself and I'm not Muslim myself, but um, as just a white passing fan of Kamala Khan, mm-hmm. I feel like this could help uh, the character in some ways. Hear me out. Just because I feel like it's going to draw more eyes to when she eventually returns, right? We are, we're all expecting her to return. I think the three of us are anyway. Yeah, later um, this year. Yeah, for sure. Pro- probably later yeah. this year to bounce off the movie. And, and, and again, kind of throwing it back to Superior Spider-Man. Peter's return in Amazing Spider-Man after Superior, you know, that was like one of, if not like the highest selling comic of the decade, if I remember correctly, like maybe I think like a Star Wars issue beat it or something. But... No, they're they're covering that over on a SJW Comics podcast. Like one of the one of the dudes has like a, a theme and his is like highest selling books and he's absolutely talking about that book. Yeah. Oh, great. I love that issue, first of all. But uh, but yeah, like his, Peter's return is major and part of the reason that it was major is because when they initially planned superior spider-man they planned it to coincide with the release of amazing spider-man 2 so that after amazing spider-man 2 you'd have the hype from the movie and the hype from peter returning and then boom your new number one amazing spider-man issue that sells like like pancakes or whatever they're saying is that uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like it's hot hot cakes <laughs> well we should say we should say wheat cakes because we're we, talking spider-man we should say oh, pancakes because yeah, yeah. pancakes are better but yeah i, I understand I understand what you're saying um so, so i feel like you know this yeah, yeah, yeah. plus plus follow so like this big death in amazing spider-man uh combined with like the fallen friend series showing like or is it a one shot sorry uh fallen friend showing maybe like how important kamala is to the marvel universe uh those two things combined plus the marvels coming out i think all that could actually build up to a lot of hype for like a new miss marvel number one and maybe that would sell super well and Mm. i don't know i feel like maybe that was the mindset those were like the good intentions behind the creators for 
this choice. Um, and again, as like the representative of looking on the bright side, I think, I think maybe that's how I'm choosing to look at it. I don't know how you guys feel, but you know, I think, I think it could be good. Uh, who knows? We'll see. Um, so Carlos, I think I, so first of all, I totally agree with you. And I think that they did have positive intentions, but unfortunately I don't think that dismiss it and i don't think that you're saying this either but like i don't i just don't think that dismisses the valid criticisms that ex that are existing that currently exist and i think like that's the part that i take issue with it's like great you did this for good intentions and yeah you probably will sell like a lot of copies and you know speaking for myself i will probably be one of those people that buy buys the new miss marvel number one and like so yeah unfortunately did the bad guys win in that situation? Are they bad guys like for doing that? So I don't know. I think that's where you get a little bit more philosophical and it's like, well, do I support this if I don't agree with this? And, or like, will I continue to support this because I like this character. So I don't know. I feel like I do take issue with like them putting the fans in like a problematic scenario. Yeah, I have felt super weird about trying to be positive about this just because the optics are so... <laughs> Just because right. the optics are so bad. I, like earlier today, I was like, I can't defend this. Like, I don't know if I can look on the bright side. But I mean, I've come around. Like, I I'm, I don't feel like I'm putting on a show here. Like, I, I'm genuinely, I think this could be good. Um, but I, at the same time, like you said, like, I 100% I understand why people are upset. I, I totally get like, I mean, I was, I went really on and on about like the fridging aspect, but there's also like the Muslim aspect and et cetera. And I, I get it for sure. So yeah, it is, it is a, a, a tough one to discuss, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's more so it's, it's more for them to kind of ask themselves like, Hey, like do the ends justify the means like in this situation. So I think that's something that they can probably reflect on like down the line. And, and I guess we'll see when the, when the issue comes out. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's the fact that we're having an emergency discussion on it is <laughs> like that alone, I think is like pretty impactful. So mm -hmm. again, I think that there could be a lot of, you know, good and oh, pos yeah. uh, positivity that comes out of this. And at the end of the day, it's fictional character. It's fictional character. It's fictional character. Be Yeah, please be, please be angry about real bad things. Yeah, yeah please please make your, please make your opinions heard about real bad things. Please write your congresspeople about real bad things. Please protest <laughs> yeah. and and be be an activist about real bad things. I, you should absolutely be pissed if this pisses you off. But again, be be pissed for the right reasons, not for the wrong reasons. Also, don't send death threats to the creative team. That's fucked up. Also, Comic Skate is a hate group. Don't support them. That's fucked up. I yes, I I. Uh, yes i agree um, feels feels like as good a place to end as any for me i don't know about you guys um i mean i could keep going let's, all right uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh while we're talking about current comics let's talk about uh, a few books you're you're liking right now garrett let's start with you what what are what are you digging on the shelves right now marvel dc image boom dark yeah. horse anything what, what are you liking that's a good question i mean obviously i love x-men red um uh, I'm a big X-Men fan, so I've been enjoying that considerably. Is that, is that the central book to be reading? Because, like, Age of Krakoa, I, I've been buying, like, the trades, like, the Dawn of X and, like, mm. reading through those, and, like, I feel oh, like I'm wow. getting a majority of the story through that, just because it was too many books for me to keep <laughs> up with. 
But like, yeah. if you if you were to recommend one X book to like understand Krakoa at large, is is X Men read the book right now? Oof, that's kind of difficult. I would Fuck say, me, oh, God, X-Men. why are X Men so complicated? Every decade, every well, fucking it, decade, it's like this. In this instance, if you want to read X Men Red and Immortal X Men, you'd be reading the, you know, so to speak, like cream of the crop of the X books. But okay. the the quality across the X line, it honestly has almost never been better, even like the early Hickman era, because X Force is also really good by Ben Percy, and <laughs> Wolverine is actually very very good as well and like these aren't really especially x-force weren't really books that i was reading like i think i read up to like issue 15 and just was like okay like this is just again to your point george like a lot of books um but then the way ben percy is using long form storytelling the marvel is giving him the freedom of like older like decades of Marvel where they'd be able to kind of tell stories and and kind of longer issues. Right. So it's been, it's been really cool to, to see him like have that, the opportunity to cook there. And then also the main X-Men book with Jerry Dugan is going to tie directly into fall of X as well. So I'm not sure if you reading invincible Iron Man at all either. Yeah. Okay, cool. What's your, what are your thoughts on that? A little slow. Yeah. For sure. It feels like it's treading water to co to like intertwine with the X books a little bit. It's a little slow, but I am uh, I'm a few issues behind. I think I'm on issue three and I think six just came out last week. Oh, nice. Are you, two weeks are you reading on Marvel Unlimited? No, I uh I get books shipped to me bi weekly from my old comic shop in San Francisco. I don't have a comic book oh, store nice. near me, so I'm still still getting floppies that way. Yeah, I feel, okay, that's cool. That's awesome that they ship it to you. Um, but yeah, no, anyway, so yeah, the, the X-Books have been, have been great. I love those. And then I would say from DC, um, World's Finest is probably like my favorite book uh, out of there. Absolutely love that. I mean, Dan Moore art is terrific and, and Mark Wade has a really good voice for all of the characters. Mm-hmm. And he's doing victory laps at DC right now. Like they're they're giving him pretty much whatever he wants, so. That's also cool to see. Very cool. Carlos, any any current modern books from any publisher that you'd recommend? Well, I don't know if you guys have heard of this uh, series called Amazing Spider-Man, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I've been enjoying so that good. one. Uh, there's also this other series called Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, big fan. Uh, there's also this other series called uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man. That That's probably my favorite good. book in the Spider-Family right now is Miles Morales. I think that book is just so much fucking fun. Miles, I mean, Cody Ziegler is awesome. Great. Yeah. Ziegler awesome. The art pair, is awesome. Pairing him with Misty Knight in the book is just like, oh, it's so good. It's so much fun. Like, I love seeing him branch out. One thing we didn't talk about with Miss Marvel was like the rumors that, like, oh, she could be reborn as like an X Men, which is like uh, as a mutant, I guess. Sorry, not, not as an X Men specifically, but as a mutant to like, you know, sort of like dissuade the inhumanness of her because i think originally she was supposed to be a mutant but then like the the fox rights were confusing with the movies but now that like she's canonically in the mcu a mutant and this is why comic books are so fucking stupid and annoying um like i i can i can see all that but like something like that would i think make the the universe a little smaller right by not having her be an inhuman 
just like having like one more tie to like this other series I think is interesting but then you take something like having Miles Morales be trained by by Misty Knight like that makes the universe bigger you know like I loved Franklin Richards when he was a mutant because that made the universe bigger that connected the Fantastic Four to the X-Men in like a a pretty bold way I thought that they undid and will probably undo the undoing of it in the next I'd say two years three years I don't know we'll we'll see you know I was actually going to bring that up earlier because uh um I, I I'm I I think Garrett isn't a fan, but I'm a big fan of the slot Fantastic Four stuff. Again, maybe I liked, I, it. I, liked I liked it too. I liked it too. Uh, but I was gonna bring it up because uh, the Franklin twist that was a big controversial one, mm-hmm. and I think I think the reason it was truly controversial was because of what that character represented in the real world. I think that's kind of similarly why um, this Kamala thing is. Uh, has has been so controversial today is because of what she represents to a lot of people a lot of underrepresented people um and i think when franklin was uh made not a mutant a lot of people in the lgbtq community um uh felt like uh something was being taken away from them because you know obviously obviously like being mutant um can mean so many things to people right Mm -hmm. um so I think that's why that twist got a lot of backlash. And I think maybe, um, you know, I still enjoyed the series after that, but I think a lot of people dropped it after that. I don't know. Um, I did. I, Sorry. There you go. Um, <laughs> well, my I, main thing is because it messed with Claremont uh, canon and stories. And I know that, you know, same Hawksbox did that in a way, but I don't know. I could, I thought that really bugged me like a lot and i think the way that it was presented like he was pretending would like left a bad taste like a sour taste in my mouth mm. um and that's 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 all i have to say about it. like i don't feel too strongly about it but that's it that's fair personally i felt like that was the start of like the best stories in that run for me but <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course <laughs> but um you know let's not we don't have to talk about that run right here but i was just bringing it up for comparison's sake like is it going to be more so a twist like that or more like a superior kind of thing like what's it gonna like what's the legacy of it gonna be etc i don't know Mm -hmm. um but um you know back to what other comics we're reading i know i was like joking around about spider-man obviously but um but uh, the new Guardians of the Galaxy series just started, and um, I thought that first issue was spectacular. And I've met Lansing and Kelly IRL, and they are really great. I think they're like the next big thing. Like I feel like they've just got the sauce. Like I have full faith in them. Like I'm I'm so excited to read the second issue tonight. Um, and um, so I think that's the series that I have my eyes on a lot right now. Um, and also, like looking forward to the future, uh, PKJ and Nick Klein have their incredible Hulk series coming out. I'm excited for um, Hulk Annual by PKJ comes out tonight. Oh, Ooh, I shit. actually did not know. Yeah, so read that. I shall. And you there should you go. Too. Um, um, yeah. Have you been reading Bloodline? That was going to be my book. That was going to be my reco. I fucking oh, nice. love Sorry, that book. Uh, Bloodline, Daughter of Blade miniseries about this girl down in Atlanta who starts getting stronger at night and has no idea why and then discovers she's part of this bigger world and then finds out she's spoilers the daughter of Blade uh 
fucking fun, man. That's just a fun book about like a new kid meeting the Marvel universe, right? And like a weird part of the Marvel universe that we don't really see a lot. They announced like a new Blade ongoing is coming out in July. I'm so excited for that. And I hope she ties in. It's got Brian Edward Hill writing it, who's like a, a day one buy for me. I just love everything that dude has touched so far. So yeah, that that is that's my big reco. And Silver Surfer Ghostlight is another reco. And these are all those are both five issue miniseries that just do a good job of getting in, getting out, introducing you to characters that I think you'll like because I really like them and just you see cool shit. And I think the art is gorgeous in both of those. Also, the Captain America books are pretty fun. You should check out Cold War. I'm having a blast so far. It feels like summer, I think is how I said it earlier, where it's just like, yeah, this feels like a big, dumb action movie, and I'm I'm here for it. Oh, and also, can I just say, I'm loving Zdarsky's Batman. Like, I think it's so fun. Like, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and it plays with interesting concepts and stories from the Batman mythos. And the most recent issue was essentially like Batman into the Spider-Verse or like Batman No Way Home. But it was very endearing. And in the same way as, as those two films, you could tell like there was a lot of like thought and care that like went behind it. And Zdarsky like really put his heart into it. And so that was really nice. Um, and spoiler alert, if, have you guys read it? I haven't. I read Failsafe. I'm I'm doing the trades for Batman currently. Nice. Very cool. I will not spoil anything for you. But there are some very sweet moments. Okay. Really quick. I think it's amazing. Like, that's how you know Zdarsky's fucking good at his job because he's writing Batman and Daredevil at the same time. And no one said anything about how, like, oh, this feels like it should have been in the other book. Or at least I haven't seen any of that criticism, right? Because, like, for all intents and purposes, respectfully... Daredevil's probably like one of the more Batman-esque characters over at Marvel, right? I think that's... Yeah, he's read Batman for sure. Yeah, fa- no. Fair-ish to say. Um, and the fact that yeah, like no, one, no. no one's been like, oh, you fucked up, you put this in the wrong book. I'm like, oh shit, this guy's really got a lid on things. <laughs> like, totally. I, and that was actually a joke from Zdarsky's uh, like, newsletter he, like, when he first was <laughs> writing oh, Daredevil. He's damn. like, oh, I'm so excited to write Red Batman. Like, <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, of course. So, no, I think what he's done has is, is been incredible. I, I actually have um, up until issue 26, I have all, like, the floppies uh, from the first run before it, like, restarted after Devil's Reign. Mm. And, oh, man, Kuketo is probably one of my favorite modern artists, like, uh, at Marvel. Like, I just, I love his style. You make it house style, like, honestly. Got like <laughs> got, got 11 right here, man. Fucking love Wow, it. he's oh, got there it right go. there. I got it right there and oh yeah oh shit and right here read it earlier today spider-man hey. 25 Spider-Man. bag and board baby uh, all right i think that about wraps us up you can follow carlos on twitter at carlos loves spider-man you can follow garrett on twitter at license to chill and with chill it's ch1ll you guys thank you so much for doing this thank you for being so game for just such a last minute discussion thank you for keeping it positive thank you for voicing real concerns about the story and not just you know, blindly subscribing to, to everything they're talking about, but just like being fucking rational comic fans. It's, I, I feel like it's kind of a lost art in 2023. It's nice. It's nice talking to people who, who are right for the right reasons, <laughs> you know, sorry, who are happy for the right reasons and uh, concerned for the right reasons as well. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, that's high praise. Thank you. I know I can be 
kind of a shill sometimes <laughs> myself. So I don't know if I deserve the praise, but <laughs> no, you were, I, I thought you were appropriately critical while also optimistic. And I think a lot of optimism and just a lot of faith in these people who are handling characters. I, I think a lot of people have no faith because they're, they're so wrapped up in the characters that they just don't think anything's going to turn out the way these fictional people deserve. And they, they let that shape their, their feelings a lot of the time. And Garrett, yeah. this is my first time talking to you, like, in a small space fucking thank you appreciate it you rule you're Dude, welcome back any, anytime <laughs> so thank thanks for having me on man i appreciate it I, I was actually telling my wife i was like oh yeah i'm going on a, a podcast later uh while, while i was making dinner so no it was, it was super fun and yeah i'd be i'd be honored to uh to come back but no i think it's just there's so much like negative negativity in the world and you know ultimately these are just fun like stories right uh, you know from about characters we we love and you know ones that we grew up with and sometimes like grow with us and so i think everybody wants the best for them so try to remain positive and and uh and optimistic like carlos but it's great to have you know people like you to to share and you know discuss these and actually have like meaningful discourse past you know relationship stuff or you know whatever just things that don't really matter so yeah it's been been a pleasure very cool. All right. Well, guys, uh, next time there's a big present day comic emergency, I would love to do this again. I'd also maybe like to just check in in like a month and just talk about what we're reading on the stands today. I think or not today, but then today, future today. I think that would be a lot of fun, too. So I will uh, hit you up in, in your DMs. Thank you so much for doing this again. I appreciate it. Um, this is a special episode. This is coming out uh wednesday may 17th uh your regularly scheduled daredevil yellow will be coming out friday uh the, the 19th so look forward you're getting two episodes this week hope you enjoy that and uh then i'm uh, then, i don't know this podcast is really just happening at the speed of light so we'll, we'll see what the next episode is i don't know but thank you so much for listening and we'll be back in your ear holes soon mm-hmm.